and welcome to the Kayla Says Podcast. This is Kayla, and today I wanted to talk about one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to and maybe touch on and give a little inspiration for other people uh, and share, of course, the information with other people if they are interested in breaking into certain careers. Um, and in this today's episode, we'll discuss breaking into the tech industry. So one of my favorite podcasts is called Breaking Into Startups. And recently I was listening to it. And if you've never heard of it, it's a podcast that features stories of people who broke into the tech industry from non-traditional backgrounds. It's super, super highly inspirational for those of you who maybe want to work in the technology industry and feel that you need a degree or you have to attend some sort of code academy in order to land a career in technology and get like those six-figure technology jobs. But spoiler alert, you actually don't need to do all of that or any of that rather. And this podcast, uh, Breaking Into Startups, highlights those who broke into tech uh, technical industries and they didn't have backgrounds in technology or if they came from totally different backgrounds, like some of the um, stories they have or people they've interviewed came from, they were actors. Some people were college dropouts. Some people were high school dropouts. Some people were homeless. Some people had been in prison before. Like it's super, super highly inspirational and gives you ideas and ways and inspiration to break into technology jobs or even any job that you may want to get into. It just has some of that all around um, really good information and give stories of like perseverance and all that stuff. So I wanted to highlight that podcast and also talk about um, how I actually broke into the technology world. So one of my favorite stories from Breaking Into Startups is with Rodney Urquhart, I think is how his, his last name is pronounced. I'll link it in the show notes his his episode, but he was a high school dropout that became a software engineer at Slack. Again, highly inspirational story about perseverance, about curiosity. He even touches on salary negotiation as well as giving back to the community. So I suggest you check that out when you have a chance. Again, I'll link it in the show notes after this. So usually while I'm listening to this podcast, I like to imagine that I'm getting interviewed by the guys who run it. And I always think like, wow, I would love to be on this podcast. Like, this is so interesting. And I feel like I broke into the technology world from also from a non-traditional background. And I was like, wow, I would really love to be on this podcast one day. But then I realized, hey, I have a podcast. I can just interview myself. So if there's anyone out there, again, that wants to break into technology or any role or any company or any job that you and you feel that you aren't able to because you don't have the skill set yet or you don't have the, the pedigree for it, hopefully my story and other stories on breaking into startups will provide some sort of inspiration in order to get you to where you want to be. So a little bit of background on myself. I work for a technology, a software, somewhat consulting, but we're trying to break, uh, be more of a software company in the DMV where we assist people who have 
disabilities, well, actually we assist companies in making their digital spaces, like their websites and et cetera, making their digital spaces compliant with the ADA and also so that people with disabilities are able to navigate their website and and do whatever it is they need to do. Like for instance, if it's a bank, they need to be able to do their online banking, transfer money, sign up for an account, uh, apply for a loan, all that stuff. So as people that are sighted and who have hearing or are able to hear, there are people out there that are not, and they still need to get their money and they still need to be able to do stuff and the internet is still available to them. So that's what I currently do. This is my third technology company that I've worked for, and I've been working in tech, not in the tech world since 2010. So a little bit of background on that, start from the very beginning. So as a kid, I really love taking things apart to the detriment of my father's camcorders and cameras that he used to buy. <laughs> like my dad's always been into like the latest and greatest technology. And as a baby, I specifically remember taking those things apart to see how they worked. And I wasn't, I, I had Barbies and like dolls and like Barbie Corvettes and all that stuff. But some of my favorite toys that I remember um, was like my train sets and my race cars and I used to also like to take them apart with my little screwdriver and my little toolkit to figure out how they worked. So growing up in, you know, small town, North Carolina, there weren't any like technology classes outside of computer class and typing class back then. I don't know what they have now. I'm highly, I'm kind of doubtful that they have anything more than that now, but you know, that wasn't a thing back then. Like everyone traditionally thought that to make it, quote unquote, make it in this world, you need to be a doctor or a lawyer. A lot of people in our in my community were teachers. I was raised by teachers. So everyone around me was a teacher. I just remember being super curious about all things. Actually, fun fact, uh, growing up, I thought I was, I was going to be a lawyer. And every now and again, I still think that I may go to law school, but we'll see if that ever happens. But You know, coming from certain areas of the world and in this country, and especially in small town North Carolina, you don't have exposure to the careers of the future is what I'm getting at. So I really got into, you know, I'm doing air quotes, coding without knowing it was actually via Black Planet. Yo, Black Planet legit had all black people being being legit designers and front-end developers back then and we didn't even know that like imagine if all of us had truly truly honed that skill and realized like this was the thing to do and this could be a real job where would we be now but that's where I got my stuff from was definitely from the black planet and setting up my page and making sure my music was popping and make sure my page was nice and make sure I had all kinds of little flashy things and fanciness and themes, um, on my page. So that was probably my first exposure into coding. And then I remember, I feel like it was in maybe middle school or high school, high school, probably junior high or high school. I got my first laptop. That's when I, you know, was always on the computer at that point. Now, fast forward again, you know, I didn't think anything with computers was a valid career and I didn't even know that there were, you know, quote unquote computer jobs. So going into college, again, had no idea about it. I actually ended up going to North Carolina State University after their College of Textiles came to my class, came to my school and spoke to my 
AP biology, I think, class in high school. And I was like, oh, this is some really cool stuff that they do. Yeah, I'll apply. Like I had no intentions of applying to NC State, let alone the College of Textiles. So it's so crazy how like that one moment and that one decision of them coming to my school changed and and moved and started like the trajectory of my life that I'm on now. But yeah, I applied to NC State. I got in. And even when I got in, I didn't realize that not only was it a technical school, but it was one of the top, it has one of the top engineering programs in the United States as well as in the world. So NC State is hard, people. We have a saying that NC State is easy to get into, hard to stay in, whereas Chapel Hill is hard to get in, but easy to stay in. I had to, now mind you, I was not an engineering major by no stretch of the imagination. I wasn't even really into science, but somehow I got myself into a science school with a, with a bachelor of science degree and not realizing that I was about to work my whole ass off. I ended up having to take like, like my required courses at that were statistics for engineers. I had to take physics, obviously, you know, first level chemistry. I had to take calculus one, calculus two. Like the College of Textiles legit made you work for that BS degree and no pun intended. (laughs) They really did though. They made you work for that Bachelor of Science just so they wouldn't have to bring it down to like a, or not even down, but be a Bachelor of Arts. They took the science piece highly seriously. And that's not even counting the science classes I had to take that were textile specific, like polymer and color chemistry, um, stuff that nobody even heard of outside of that industry, but... Yeah, that's what I ended up doing. I actually thought about switching my majors uh, about my, I think my late sophomore or junior year. Um, I took a sociology class and it was like the best class I've ever taken in life. And I wanted to be a sociology major and I considered switching. But lo and behold, I did not because I was afraid I wouldn't be able to get out and make any money. <laughs> Without, with just a bachelor's degree, I would have had to go on to, ma- to get a master's and a PhD before I started making money. But So that's a little bit about my college piece. Again, didn't really tinker in like the technology stuff outside of my required courses. Now, post-graduation, I was, first of all, I graduated at the worst time anyone could graduate. I graduated college in 2008 and the economy crashed 2007, 2006. So I graduated at the height of the recession and most of my friends either didn't have jobs or the ones that did have a job, they were quickly laid off. I was blessed enough to have a job upon graduation. Like that was my goal. By that point, I had my son as well. So that was a huge catalyst for me to get the hell out of school and get to work. I just had it in my head, like I'm going to have an offer before I graduate And I will go to that job after I graduate. And so I was thankful to go on a lot of interviews, but I also landed a job with Kohl's in their management training program or manager and training program, I think is what it was called at the time. So I got like a real salary that was livable. I also had like a cute little sign-on bonus. Like I thought I was popping, but I started working retail. I graduated in, I walked in May. I actually got my degree because I still had to take some summer courses. I got my degree in August and I started work in August and I've been working ever since, but I worked at Kohl's um, for two years and I absolutely hated it. Like they, 
it was so, it was just a lot. Like, I just felt like I did not go to college to deal with this kind of stuff because at that point I realized dealing with the general public just was not my steez and it was okay to feel that way. I mean, just the craziest crap would happen. Like y'all, oh my God, like people, there were, I can't tell you how many times, and this happened in Fayetteville. Um, I was based, uh, one of the places, stores I got based out of was in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And I can't tell you how many times somebody would like legit take a shit in the bathroom, in the, in the dressing room and having to navigate and get somebody to clean that up. And I would just be like, are you kidding me? Like I did not have to spend all this money in college to do this. I could have just not gone to school to do this. It was, it was a lot to say the least and dealing with people was a lot. And at the worst of it was Christmas time because we were mandatory six days a week um, from Black Friday until Christmas. And I'm Christian and they were starting to make, make me hate Christmas. And I was like, I can't, I can't live my life like this. And I was working 10 hours a day plus 10 to 12 hours a day every day. It was a hell of a lot. It was definitely a hell of a lot. So I soon realized I could not maintain that. But again, I stuck it out for two years. I ended up saving enough money that I was able to quit. And I don't actually put this job on my resume because I was there for such a short amount of time. But I just needed to get the hell out of retail. So I took a job as a bank teller at Wachovia and worked there for like four months. No, less than that. I worked there for three months. <laughs> you know, getting paid nothing. But again, I had like saved up some money, paid off some debt. And I was just like, look, I just need enough to get by and I'll just figure it out. And that's what I did. My boyfriend at the time, his friend was working for this company called Alert Now. And Alert Now was a basically a mass notification service. So um, for those of you that were in school, if you ever missed school or the school had to do an announcement, your parents would get called at home um, by the school saying that you missed school or some school announcement or some school thing was happening. Well, basically that's what Alert Now did. They were a company that used software to do those robocalls. You can actually record your actual voice and all that stuff and blah, blah, blah. So at the time it was, it was alert now, but they were purchased by Blackboard. And so he knew that I was looking for a job and he put in a word for me and was like, Hey, we're hiring at this company. You know, I can put in a word for you and be a referral and like, you should apply. So I did. It was like the most, the longest interview process ever. It was like over a month, but I ended up getting the job and I was working as, I think, like customer support rep is what the title was. So basically, I was like level one support, making way more money than I was making at the bank, but was making way less money. I was making, I had been making at Kohl's at the time. So I took a pretty huge pay cut in order to, you know, get the hell out of retail, but also, you know, start this new thing. But once I got into Blackboard and I started working in customer support, like I just found my niche. I knew exactly where I wanted to be. I didn't have to dress up every day. Like I, for real y'all, I have not worn real clothes to work in a extremely long time. Like we're going on a decade and only, and I might do it for like the first couple of, maybe the first week 
of the new gig and then I'm back to jeans and t-shirts or leggings or flip-flops or whatever. Like, screw that. I was not, I don't have to get, wear real clothes ever really, unless I'm, you know, going to visit clients now, but that's few and far in between. But yeah, I said, yo, this, this technology stuff is the steez. Like, I don't have to wear real clothes. Like people like to drink here. They have like wine and stuff and it's perfectly okay to have like, you know, wine at the end of the day. And one thing I noticed was like the people there were so freaking smart. Like everybody was a baby freaking genius. So uh, a little intimidated at first, but as I got in and started learning the lingo and learning what the software was doing, I found my groove and I was just right there with everyone. And I was a customer, a customer rep for, I don't even think I was a rep for six months before I was promoted to um, account manager. At that point, I got you know my own book of business and I managed those accounts. So back then I did... As a rep, I was doing some trainings, but also troubleshooting of things and figuring out why something isn't working and helping people and reset passwords a lot of the time. But once I got into the account manager role, I had a little bit, I had a lot more flexibility. Um, My boss was on the West Coast, so I was on the East Coast, so I didn't have uh, a lot of supervision, if you will, and I like that. I can't, I don't like being micromanaged by no stretch of the imagination. So that was another plus for me. So how I really started digging into the technology piece of it, because at that point I was doing a lot of training. And so I got really adept at learning how to use software. Because when I first started working there, they were still on two separate platforms. Like the, the acquisition had happened, the merger had happened, but we still had people on the alert now software and we still had people on the blackboard software. So I had to learn two different softwares that essentially did the same thing and then have to dictate based on who, what calls are coming in, switch my gears real quick on uh, how to help somebody based on what piece of software they were using. When I became an, uh, an account manager, one of the things that was such a huge bottleneck for us at the beginning of the year, because we mostly worked with a lot of K through 12 schools, we always had a crazy bottleneck of um, people's scripts breaking. So basically what that meant was we use VBS scripts to integrate our software to these different companies Uh, student management software. So all of these, not companies, schools, all of these places have management systems where they plug in all of their student data. And so we would have to integrate our stuff with their stuff in order for both of the systems to talk to each other. The bottleneck would happen because summer would come and nobody, the system has been turned on. No one's done anything with it. And by the time they flipped the switch in August, sometimes stuff was broken and would need to be like redone, reworked. Well, when you have about a thousand school school districts and, and the multiple schools within them needing that, you can imagine in August, there was huge, huge, huge bottlenecks. And we had a super small department of like three or four people who did this stuff. Of course, being an account manager, I had to manage people and their expectations and also their pissed offness when I would have to tell them like, hey, I can't get this fixed for another month. Like we're backed up, blah, blah, blah. And people would be pissed. So I don't appreciate that. And that always gives me anxiety. I was talking to my manager one day about it. 
And she mentioned that one of my colleagues, this guy, Brian, he integrated his own clients. And I was like, how the hell did he do that? And she's like, he just knows how to do it. So I started, I called him. I was like, yo, teach me your ways. I need to know how to do this to alleviate the issues with my people and troubleshoot as much as I can. So I actually ended up doing a lot of um, screen shares with him where he would just show me how to do shit and show me what VBS scripts were, show me how to troubleshoot things, show me how to find stuff. Like if, I don't know if any of you have ever looked at any sort of code, but when you're writing code and dealing with code, it's so persnickety and a dot in the wrong place will throw a whole mofo system off. And that's often what was going on. Like maybe an upgrade happened and our stuff wasn't pulling from the proper um, upgrade. So I just got really into it and I thought it was interesting and cool and I wanted to learn more. So I just started integrating my own people at that point and troubleshooting my own people's scripts whenever they had issues to try to alleviate, you know, the amount of time it would take for them to get to our support team. So that's how I really uh, realized that I kind of liked the coding side of things. So fast forward, I ended up leaving Blackboard and I started working at this company called Channel Advisor that dealt with their software was uh, e-commerce software, basically. So People who sell on Amazon, eBay, Walmart, Jet, blah, 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 they can put their data into Channel Advisor software, and then we can shoot that data off to multiple um, marketplaces at one time, and you can manage your, your orders coming in at the same time. Otherwise, you would have to like go log into Amazon, plug in your data, and then send your stuff off to them. Then go to eBay, log into eBay, put your data in there and your items in there and your pictures in there and send all that stuff off. Then go into Walmart. And like instead of having to go to all these multiple different places, you can go into one place, load all your data, and we can send that data off to multiple marketplaces. So that was a cool thing there. Once I started working there, I um, again had to learn new software completely and learn the tricks of the trade and not only learn uh, the software of my company, I had to have some idea of what Amazon's did and Amazon software and eBay's crap, which I actually took. Uh, I learned eBay at the very last minute right before I left and I barely learned it at that. But I had to know our software and the ins and outs a little bit of other marketplaces software as well um, in order to be successful. And then we, what really got my gears going was we used a lot of what we call business rules, which is basically a bite off of um, Excel functions. I realized that we can manipulate data utilizing these business rules. And I was like, yo, this is really cool. Teach me your way. So I found out, I found who the, the, like the number one business rule writer was in the company, which was this guy, uh, David, who worked in support. And I would like try to write these rules. They would always be crap and they would always break and they were always wrong and stuff wouldn't happen the way I wanted to. And I just would ping him all day, all the time. Like, yo, this isn't working. Why isn't it working? Hey, I need help with this. Okay. What did I do wrong here? Like I was a psycho bugging the shit out of him until there came a day where I could do it myself and I figured and I could figure it out myself to the point where he pinged me one day and said, you must be either 
you're not writing business rules anymore or you know what you're doing because I haven't heard from you in a really long time. And I was like, yeah, I got this. Like, this is popping. And it got to the point where I was like the person that people went to if they needed a business rule written in my department. Because for me, it was fun and that was my idea of a good time. So nerd alert right there. So yeah, it was really, 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 really cool. I worked there for five years I recent I left last year to two of those five years I worked while remotely. So that's another thing that I really love about the technology industry. I don't have to be in that office. Like if I need to work from home, I can, which makes things so much easier for me with having a child. I have to have flexibility. I have to have like a really cool, fun work environment that's kind of changing and, you know, technology changes. So that knocks down that requirement as well. I need to be in environments where I'm learning something all the time. Again, technology does that for me. So yeah, I, I get all the things I, I want out of working in the tech world. Um, right now, I work for another company and I'm, uh, I do customer success. So I'm back to having like a number of clients and like a book of business and I help them with their with their with the products that they purchase from us. But of course, I need to have my own little fun at the same time. So uh, what's really cool about my company is that we are, my department is completely new. Like it, it wasn't even our department a year ago. And it went from like one person to like, I think there's like 12 of us now. So there's a lot of room for making a positive change and implementing things that actually go into effect. So um, part of what I do right now is coming up with processes because we need them. We don't have any. And I'm coming up with processes for our various products and software that we sell, distributing that out to my team. I work with, I work really closely with the sales team. I'm working really closely with our uh, product team and we have like a policy team. So I really like having my different different feet in the fire like a little bit here a little bit there so that kind of stuff keeps me engaged and keeps me interested in my work so that is how I broke into technology as far as my goals right now my goal at the moment is to become a product manager Uh, knock on wood I'm praying that I get an opportunity to do that within by the end of this year We'll see how it goes. I'll be sure to update you guys. And basically a product manager is someone who, you know, different companies have products and somebody has to manage like the the engineering aspects of it, getting buy-in from engineers, getting, uh, taking feedback from customers, making the product better. So I think it is the next step for me. Um, right now that culminates a lot of the stuff that I'm interested in. Like I'm interested in the technology piece, so I would have to work with engineers, but I'm also, I enjoy like working with other teams and you have to work with a lot of other teams. And I also realized that I have a unique ability to understand the technical stuff, but explain it in regular people's words. <laughs> Cause sometimes if anyone's ever worked with engineers or met engineers, <laughs> Uh, stuff can get lost in translation and they may not necessarily easily articulate uh, points and explain things in a way that, you know, a quote unquote normal person would understand. So I can take 
and understand the technical piece and then, you know, regurgitate it out so that most people can understand what actually is happening. That's my next progression. I also have dreams of being a data scientist as well. So I think that's like my further out thing. I'm hoping to get into getting into graduate graduate school um, in the next maybe year or so. Honestly, I'm just too busy to even do it. And I don't have the money for it at the moment. <laughs> but you know, all in God's in God's timing and God's plan. So yeah, that's my story. My my pseudo breaking into startups interview of myself. In conclusion, like my the best advice I can give anyone who is possibly interested in getting into the de- into the de- technology world, start at the ground level. Like, become a support person. Like that's mo- I, a lot of people I know that got into it. That's where they started. They started in support. And the cool thing about starting in like tier one, level one support is you have to, you learn so much, like you learn everything, which is also how a lot of support people get poached into other departments because they know a lot. They know the customer, they know how to talk to customers. So that means they can, you know, work with internal groups because even though you're not working with external clients, when you're, you're working with your internal clients, which is your other coworkers and other departments, you get to learn the the technology super duper, super freaking duper well. And that's super valuable. It's just a great place to learn literally everything about your company's products. So I always, always say start at the ground level if you can. And actually, some, especially with startups, some of these startups pay quite handsomely for um, support roles. And there are a lot of remote companies out there. Um, there's a couple of ones that I follow. I'll link out on Twitter called like Remotive, I think. Um, and then working remotely, maybe one as well that you can, you know, look at and watch and keep an eye on and follow because they post a lot of really cool jobs there that aren't only engineering stuff if you're not into engineering. But if you are into engineering, of course, there are like code camps that you can get involved with. There's um, many that um, some that I've looked into um, for product management and for data science. I'll link those out as well in the notes. And there's just so many ways that you can break into the role. Of course, technology companies also need HR. They also need legal. They also need marketing. They need all, they need sales. So there's tons of different ways to break into the technology world. Um, Startups is also a really, really great way to break into the technology world because a lot of times it's like all hands on deck. You just going to learn everything because there's not enough people to do everything. (laughs) So yeah. That's my spiel. Uh, I hope you got something out of it. And please remember to share this podcast. Go to Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Anchor, all, all the things. Go to all the things. Please rate, subscribe. Let me know what you think. Feel free to reach out to me via email as well. And I will talk to you guys later.